0: Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Phoenix, Arizona, it's time for Phoenix Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses
1: and the people who lead them.
0: Hello and welcome to Phoenix Business Radio, broadcasting live from the MAX 6 Entrepreneurial Center right here in Tempe, Arizona, where we help build businesses and connect you with the right people. And I'm laughing because Donna, one of our guests today... I have heard your name three or four times within the last month, and it wasn't until I said, how do we get connected, that it, it dawned on me that you are that, the Donna Kent. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so funny. Uh, so Donna is the founder of New Life Consultants, LLC, and a Vistage chair. Welcome. Thank you so much. It's good to see you. Likewise. And we, I'll, I'll speak to the Arizona Technology Council, is where your name came up a couple of weeks ago when I was at the CEO Leadership Retreat and asking around the, the history of the organization. And of course, it was a very important part of your life.
1: It really was. Um, just at that time, we had the five women running the state, and I had the opportunity to interact and say, how do we make this landscape right for business? It's just a funny story because one of my partners in crime was the highest executive guy here at IBM, and we started working on research projects and so on and so forth. And 15 years later, we're, we're a couple. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I love that. All out of the Tech Council. So good things come good out of the Tech Council. Good things come out
0: of the Tech Council. All sorts of good things yes. come out of the Tech yes. Council. Well, I know I've shared this with you, and I've been, perhaps you're familiar, but I've been co-hosting the AZ Tech Cast podcast now for, I think we're going on four years. Uh, Steve Zalster and I do that together. So nice. we are their media partner. They have another um, podcast they do, and somebody hosts that out of Tucson kind of serves a different purpose, mm-hmm. but we have great joy, in, and I've been a tech member for quite some time, so I'm, I'm just thrilled to—I literally, before we went on air, I went, oh my gosh, <laughs> you're the Donna Kent. Oh, you're gosh. that Donna Kent. See, Jerry? Yes. See what you have here. <laughs> I'm blessed. I, I feel
2: it deep down.
0: Now, let's introduce Jerry. I would love to have you share with us how the two of you got connected, because you were the one kind enough to say, you don't want to just have the spotlight with me alone, but wanted to extend that to
1: your buddy, Jerry. Yeah. So um, as a Vistage chair, uh, we have the opportunity to not only grow groups, but grow the groups by getting fantastic chairs. I had the opportunity to be introduced to Jerry early on as he was starting to come into his chair practice. And we're all part of of a little tribe of chairs here. And he is just smart, lovely, kind, and just a a brilliant person. And so I said, and he's from Long Island. I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't get too many of those here. So I went and said, we got to be buds.
2: Uh, you know, I felt the same way when we, when we met and, uh, I moved to Arizona in 2016 from New York city, 25 years on the Upper East side, mm. you know, Arizona, I just kind of felt was this amazing little bubble, this perfect place, uh, to land. And is it still that it is, I, I don't, I mean, I think the people are amazing. The businesses are amazing. Uh, the experience is incredible. My kids are happier. My wife and I, our families happier. I love New York City, no question, but I'm never going back. <laughs>
0: yeah, maybe to visit.
2: Love to visit, and no question, but I, I may visit other places. We yeah. uh, just came back from a couple of weeks in Italy, so I may go back there first.
0: So good. <laughs> and Jerry, Mastellon, is that how I pronounce your last That's name? That's correct, yes. Uh, CEO, Perspective Coaching, LLC, and then so also a Vistage chair.
2: I'm, I'm in the Vistage chair in the making, yes. Okay. I'm launching my first group. So where
0: Do you know whereabouts it'll be in the Valley? It'll be in Phoenix. Good.
2: Yeah, we're excited.
0: I should have asked you if you guys, Tom Goodman. Yeah. Yeah. So Tom, I don't think he has his meeting here anymore, but for a while there he was here at X6.
1: And we've come here, the VCG comes here, the group of chairs periodically. So good. We love this space. It's a
0: beautiful space. Five years for me. Yeah. Yeah, Different building. We've been here just over a year. We were upstairs in the other building for the first four years. And before that, I was in a Regis space. It was like a little closet, no windows, literally no outside windows, no windows at looking into the, the rest of the space. They loved showing my space off when I wasn't there or on air. And when my lease, first lease was up in this business, I went to them and said, hey, listen, I know that, you know, we're kind of a showpiece. What can you do with me? You know, do for me. Something. Yeah, something uh, (laughs) lease-wise. And they're like, "Uh, nothing, it's going up. I'm like, then I'm going out. (laughs) And I was happy that uh, both Scott and Kyle McIntosh with McMartin Investments welcomed us with Open Arms and its family.
1: They've done a great job, I remember, before they even got in here. And the concept was like, really? Uh, The Tech Council did a lot here with the new manufacturing groups. And yeah, they've come a long way. It's it's really nicely done. Love it.
0: And so for our viewers and listeners who aren't familiar with Vistage, let's make sure that we give them an opportunity to have that introduction from both of you. What can you tell our viewers about Vistage? And then I can't wait to get into the meat of each of your businesses. And again, of course, how this all comes together.
1: So I'm going to let Jerry practice this since oh, he's in no the building off. stage. <laughs> let him go first.
2: I, l- I love it. Thank you, Donna. <laughs> so I was a Vistage member for a couple of years before becoming a chair. The One of the things that I really loved about vistage and what it offered when i first came here um to arizona i really didn't have a business network i was brought on board to be part of an executive team of a new startup company and uh, i really wasn't looking to network with Mm. people what i was looking for was um a group of of people that i could bounce ideas off of a sounding board strategies and um, i reached out and got a phone call and an interview with two chairs that are currently still in arizona troy rice and kerry montague two amazing people and I was in their group for a couple of years, and what they offered me was astounding. I didn't even think this actually existed, where they would put you in a room, right, with your group with 16 other CEOs who are in different industries, so they have different experiences. And those different experiences and those different industries gave me a whole new life in terms of how I would go about my business, how I would create strategies, how I would interact with our, my employees, my management team. And it was the greatest gift I could ever have been given. And it it went from professional to personal, where we would discuss personal issues that could be, you know, family related, extended family, could be financial, could be struggling um, in in a number of different ways. But being able to have a group of, let's just say, C-suite executives that most most of us as executives, there's no one to talk to. You don't go home and tell your wife that we're $10 million in debt and the company is floundering, and we're having issues. You don't go home and tell your kids that, right? There's always a solution, and there's always an answer, but who do you talk to to get those solutions and answers? And Vistage provided me that platform, and I just gobbled it up, loved it. The company that I was part of the management team ended up selling themselves and the company to a bigger company, so my experience with Vistage was amazing, and then uh, I got to be a chair and start to coach people help them understand that, hey, you're looking at this very, very focused in a very funneled way. Let's broaden that, that perspective. Let's see what other options are out there. And then let's have a discussion on it. Mm-hmm. And every time we did that, ideas really started to flow. And people started to feel better. And solutions presented themselves. And businesses grew. Mm.
1: How'd he do? Yeah. <laughs> no, he's great. He's, mm-hmm. he's just going to be a great chair, so. Yeah, pretty Very soon, pretty soon. So Vistage is 65 years old. It started out it as that tech in Canada. And it's a global organization in, with about almost 30,000 members, current members across 23 countries. So uh, one of the things that I really wanted was to get back into that sort of global sense. You know, as we started, I was building my group during the pandemic and going through Academy, and the world just felt like, oh my gosh, we're so connected. I wanted something that I could bring to my practice and to my CEOs and executives, that sense of the world is small. And we've got to really recognize we're part of a much bigger unit. So that was important for me. So 65 years, what are we, about 2.8% times, I'm sorry, times faster in growth with uh, leaders who engage in peer perspective. They are confidential meetings of non-competing executives or the executive's team or small business owners, so there's different types of groups. We just meet once a month, and we talk about the business. Not doing, but thinking about the business. And then the chairs spend up to two hours with each one of the executives during the month. So they get an individual dialogue, and then we get a group dialogue that really focuses on what do you need to know and what experience do I have that sheds light on that? And then with our global perspective, we've got the top gurus in the world that are at our fingertips to be presenters that help people with tips and tools and new knowledge and in current industry trends, reports. I mean, it's it's so rich. I mean, you could you could spend all day learning in the Vistage uh, global platform if you wanted to. Yeah. yeah. I've had, of course, several Vistage chairs on
0: as guests in the past six years, and that's the first time that I've heard somebody say that not only do you have the monthly meetings where the masterminds come together and you share and and, uh, help each other, it's the first time I've heard somebody say that then your responsibility as a chair is to make sure you're connecting with everybody individually in between the sessions, too. So thank you for that nugget. I've not heard that before.
1: I mean, the coaching is really... You have to trust in the group to bring about a lot of what goes on, the the knowledge, the vulnerability, the trust, the confidentiality. Mm -hmm. But in that one-on-one session, you really get below the surface, right? So we all operate at about 10% of just what's the common kind of stuff we talk about. But it's our job in those one-to-ones to really dig Because we all come with experiences and baggage and stories we've told ourselves and Mm -hmm. all sorts of other stuff. And we try to break through that so that when they come to the meeting, there's a more vulnerable, heartfelt willingness to put themselves out there so they can grow. And a commitment
0: to the group, I'd imagine, right? Not only for myself and my own growth, but also as a way to raise the vibration for everybody that's coming and spending time in these groups. It's a great segue, and I appreciate that deeper explanation to both of your coaching practices, your consulting firms overall. So let's back up the train a bit. And uh, now that we've let our viewers know a little bit more about Vistage, I'd like to hear from each of you about what you're doing in your own private practice. And then really, how did you land there? What's, you know, how, how did you come to be that? And if you're okay starting first year, I would love to hear well, from I,
2: you. Thank you very much. Probably when I left New York, I had a company, uh, a cosmetic company that we sold in luxury retailers. And uh, I had taken the company into bankruptcy, chapter um, 11, uh, chapter seven, and really gone through some some struggles and had a new investor come in, uh, buy us out of bankruptcy, we ended up getting, uh, taking care of our vendors and that, uh, experience, I think set a tone for me that, uh, business wasn't fun. Business was struggle and effort. If you didn't have enough money supporting you, that you were going to sort of crash and burn inevitably. And I spent probably two years after my experience in New York, really struggling. And I, when I got to Arizona, I started to change my perspective a little. I started talking with different people, being part of Vistage and, what I realized along the way was that I had lost my happiness. My daughter had come to me at at breakfast table one time and said, Hey dad, are you ever going to be happy again? Mm -hmm. And at that moment, instead of standing up and telling my, my little kid, this is the way life is. It's hard, right? You got to struggle and effort to make it work. I decided to sit down and and say, all right, well, how do I get happy again? Like, well, what is that? What does that journey look like? And I loved a business. I always wanted to be a part of business. And I got in the car that day and I ended up trying to listen to some podcast and, I don't know, listened to three or four of them, right, and started doing that. And then it's almost been a decade now. And uh, 10,000 hours later, I sort of discovered where that happiness was again. And it was really all about my perspective. It was all inside me. I was able to give that, do- that uh, sort of gift back to my daughter when I was invited to come speak at her university to a bunch of kids mm, about yeah. you know, how to let go of that, that narrative that wasn't serving you anymore right? And and pick up the new narrative. And I realized that life was really all about perspective. And I just started changing my perspective on things and things got better and life got better, business got better, it got more fun. And I'm like, okay, I didn't really didn't change anything else on the outside. I just changed it on the inside and I started having more fun again. And business became fun and opportunities like Vistage popped up and everything really started working for me. And I said, uh, you know, I've read 300 books. I've taken, you know, 10,000 hours of courses and, and experiences. And the key to all of it, you know, 125 hours with Tony Robbins virtually, Dean Gracios, all these amazing, wonderful Dr. Joe Dispenza, beautiful, beautiful people, was you had to look inside first. You had to find that happiness. You had to change your perspective, see things as perfect, no matter what they were, and be able to move on. Mm. And that's how I developed my coaching, you know, CEO coaching, uh, CEO perspective coaching, because I realized that we're all CEOs of our lives as well as CEOs of business. And if we let someone else lo- run our lives, right? And we don't really have any control. So that's sort of how I came up with the CEO perspective coaching. That's what I'm sort of trying to do with with my members is really have them take back control, let them create their own perspective. What is that story that's not serving you? Mm-hmm. Let it go and let's rewrite that story that is serving you.
0: Wow. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. 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 Thank you for being willing to share to that degree right oh
2: it, it's it's beautiful it's life uh, you know yeah. you have ups and you have downs and to be honest without the downs how do you appreciate the ups yeah the ups become so much yeah. more beautiful my kids joke when somebody we were at the uh, at the table i have a daughter in college and a daughter that's a senior in high school and they were talking about some sort of you know what, what's your career what you going to do where are you going to be and my daughter's a joke and my dad's been through bankruptcy, taking companies in and out, been like, she's like, I can do whatever I want. Nothing really matters, right? And I didn't really realize that was the perspective. I was, I was a little ashamed, a little embarrassed by it, but they had taken this whole new concept and had been talking about it in a way that I've never talked about it. Mm-hmm. And then I started going like, wow, now that's a perspective.
0: Well, <laughs> and had you stayed unhappy when she challenged you with that? Not intentionally. <laughs> Uh, But when you took that as a challenge and you shifted your perspective and changed their story and went and became a student of yourself, clearly that was the gift that that you gave them. And how different would that conversation have been at the breakfast table and what they are looking at from their own life's perspective and what they're going to do next if dad had continued to stay unhappy?
2: Kind of like my parents at all as we grew up, right? Mm Because our parents would issue that life is tough. It's hard. You have to suffer. Yeah, there are some challenges but you don't have to suffer.
0: Right.
1: Right. 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 That's great. So, so yeah. good. How about you with your coaching practice? So I think my path is a little different, but what we have absolutely in common is that desire for life, along learning. And so that's one of the things I really do appreciate about Vistage and, the, and the, just the camaraderie because we are in constant learning. And that's, I think, what we do is then we attract people that, are like us in that way. People who want to be satisfied, people who want to have a better life, people who want to learn, people who want to develop their people. And so the wonderful, uh, you know, sort of rule of attraction is as a chair, we really do get to attract that. So then we get to live the life that we want and share it with our, our folks. So going back, um, I came out of school as a teacher so, yeah. So mm-hmm. I had seventh and eighth grade kids on the borderline of Nassau and they all had their JD cards. And I, of course, didn't know what a JD card <laughs> was. So here are these like bad kids and me, this little North Shore lady that was smaller than all of them. And it was like, no, this babysitting thing is just not for me. So I failed the teaching end of it because I really didn't like the bureaucracy, but. Actually, I didn't like the kids at the time. So I think over the years, as I went through Xerox and became a master facilitator and, um, you know, just a a good leader because of all the training and the experience and the teachings from that, I realized that you could only change yourself and better yourself, but you have impact on how other people see themselves. And so because we had a, a few women like, no few women, but maybe yeah. one or two like me, um, I had the opportunity over the years to really focus on helping to coach and mentor women. And I think you remember that I ran a business in the women's prison here. Yes. And I think when you see people incarcerated and you are their lifeline and you can help them convince that they can change their cycle and the circumstances of their entire family's cycle, which it is, prison is cyclical and recidivism is high. It really said to me that I have a greater gift that I want to be able to give. And so that sort of along the way, started to become more of a reality for me as I started to mentor people in not-for-profits and the underserved. And so I really started more in sort of the underserved world as a coach and then realized there's a lot of underserved people in business. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I just started to expand. Um, I had an opportunity with Cynthia Rassman to work with her and really become a trainer Along with Cynthia and we did a lot of work in the ACE market. So a lot of a lot more men, uh, construction guys who'd come in and say, I'm not doing this woo-woo thing. That's a good idea. Take your hat off first. <laughs> <laughs> and then we just we had a great run until COVID. And then I branched off on my own and decided to also connect with the Vistage brand, which has just been a phenomenal learning and connection point and personal growth point. And of course, I get to hang out with people like Jerry. It's an amazing organization. Mm -hmm. I want to come play. Yes, do. I love it. (laughs) Uh,
0: So who, in your coaching practices, your consulting work, who are the best fits for you? Is is there a best fit? And I would love to hear that from both of you.
2: You know, I think uh, the most important thing that any executive can, can have, right, is a desire for for personal and, and professional growth, right? Whatever that may be. The, the know-it-alls are not the person we're looking for. Uh, you know, it's, it's the person who is vulnerable, understands that there are some struggles going on, and they might benefit from having a conversation with other people in a similar situation, right? Isolationism, which is mm-hmm. something I think a lot of executives, C-suite executives feel and experience, uh, and willing to talk about it. The, the benefit of the group of Vistage, which as, as, a, as an alumni and a member um, for, for a number of years, it was the greatest gift when I was able to be vulnerable, tell them what I was feeling, tell them how that feeling was affecting how I was communicating with my executive team, with my business, with my accounts and my clients, and to be able to reframe that story in that meeting and walk out as mm. a energized, fun, and loving individual that was looking for more connections, well, that's the person we want. If, if there is a CEO whose identity is a CEO and I'm a know-it-all and I have it all, then there's plenty of business networking groups out there that would serve them. But if you're a CEO looking to grow personally and saying, why am I unhappy? Why do I feel stuck? Why am I going through this again? Why is my 18-hour day unfulfilling? Well, if those are questions you're asking yourself, call Donna because she's amazing. Donna's amazing because she will help you solve those problems and you will walk out a happier, brighter, better executive, and most important, better human being. Mm
0: -hmm. Is that what you, how you define conscious leadership?
2: I think part of it, absolutely. I think a strategy, most of us have strategies that are outside of us right? That's how we go into a business. Mm -hmm. I want to have different clientele. I want to have a price point. I want to have a market, whatever it may be. But what's your strategy inside, right? If you're not taking that step and asking yourself, what do I need to do inside of me to ensure that I'm actually improving just like my business is? So conscious leadership for me is taking the time to look inward. And if you're stuck and you're unhappy, well, that's your fault. And you can absolutely solve it. I have a friend of mine that had given me a story, which was one of the most impactful stories of my life. And the gist of it is that you can change anything you want in your life and in your business in as little as five days. Anything. Mm -hmm. And people say, how can you do that? Well, I said, it's easy. First and foremost, you got to change your perspective. Once you change your perspective, you change your energy. Once you change your energy, change your vibration. Once you change your vibration, it goes back to Tony Robbins. You ask yourself different questions. Once you start asking yourself different questions, you get different answers. And when you get different answers, you get different experiences.
0: And those experiences can happen mm-hmm. that quickly. It, yeah.
2: Overnight.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: overnight yeah. Overnight. And it, I was a benefactor of what Vistage does, of that experience. Yeah. And I wanted to give back.
0: I would love to offer this up, and please correct me if I'm wrong. I'm thinking about some of our viewers and listeners who may either be coming to this conversation because they know me or they know Donna or Jerry, whatever, or they just happened across it. When you talk about being unhappy and using that as an example, I know from my experiences and talking with executive leaders, oftentimes we can say, all these things are going on really well in my life, Mm -hmm. all of these things. There's this one thing. And I'm stuck or I'm frustrated or I'm confused or whatever that is. And so I think what, Jerry, what I hear you saying is that the opportunity to work with people like you is not just if my whole world is, I, I, I don't have to be completely depressed. I don't have to be completely down and unhappy in everything. I think what you're saying is there's an opportunity to raise the vibration in, in all levels of your life.
2: Yeah. Uh, absolutely. I'll tell you a quick, great story. So I have a friend who uh, owned a business, sold it, walked away with tens of millions. And he's a beautiful human being. His family's amazing. I am so happy for him. And we were out to dinner a couple weeks ago. And beautiful dinner. And he just was, he's just so generous. And we're just, my wife and I were so grateful. And he had gone to the bathroom. And he came back like 30 minutes later. And he was angry. And I said to him, what's wrong? I can't, you know, there's only one bathroom. I can't believe we had to wait. And he went into this whole, and I looked at him and I said, so you have millions and millions of dollars. You can't spend, and we're here at a beautiful dinner, but your bone to grind, your anger, because I could see it on your, on your face walking back to the table, is you had to wait in line in the bathroom. So whatever you believe in, you believe in God, you believe in source, you believe in whatever that may be, he gave you what you asked for, millions and millions of dollars. So would you rather have him take all that back and say, you'll never have to wait in line in the bathroom again? <laughs> We make these choices. We tell ourselves these stories, which are just silly at times. But if we look back and say, wow, everything is just so perfect right now. And it's so incredible. And where am I going to grow and learn next? And we have a little bit more curiosity and a little bit more fun with it. Yeah. Do we have to put in 18 hour days sometimes? Of course. But how do we do it with a little bit more fun and a little more curiosity than, and less begrudgingly? I said to him, I said, listen, you could just pass all the money over to me. You'll never have to wait a while <laughs> in the bathroom, I'll guarantee you.
0: <laughs> yeah, love it. Great, great example. Thank you for that because I wanted to make sure that we were clear. I mean, granted, especially since COVID, right, the lid kind of got popped off of mental health, especially for our high-functioning and high-performing executive leaders and professionals. Uh, I think COVID kind of evened the playing field for a lot of people to realize, wow, we, it's okay to say where I'm struggling. And it's it's okay to find the right tribe of people to share that with so that I can lean on them and help. Uh, and sometimes it means everything's been dismantled. Other times it's just honing in on specific areas of our life to, to
1: uptick it. Yeah. Well, you know, I think the other thing is we're in constant change and flux. So... You just don't know what's coming at you, which was really the lesson in, in, during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. We had no idea. People were pivoting into businesses. They had no idea what they were doing, and nobody knew what the next day was going to bring. So, one of the things that I think, in particular during COVID, Vistage grew 6%. Wow. And our a member companies grew 6.2%. Huh. So why? Why does that happen? Because of the things Jerry's sharing. Is that when the only reason you're in a room with a group of people is to support their success, the whole Mm -hmm. equation changes. Because I don't want anything from you. CEOs, everybody wants something from this. Arrays of this or that. And nobody wants anything from this person except them to come to the table with a sense of learning, growth, vulnerability, and a willingness to be curious, but to share their challenges. And the things we talk about are oftentimes business, yes, for sure. Mm -hmm. But the challenge often can be, I'm stuck because I have a very difficult child or illness, or, you know, I'm ready to move on. I don't know how to do it. My identity is sitting in this CEO chair. Who am I after this? And we spend a lot of time talking about, are you ready? Who are you? How do you show up? What are you leaving behind? And where do you want to go? Because it's a whole life, right? We're just not in this, you know, as Jerry was saying, it's not just the 18 hours that you spend thinking about your business. Hmm. So that's the richness of it, you know, and why we love doing it is because we get to touch Whole humans in their whole being, like being a human. We say that we attract a CEO, and what happens? A human shows up. Oh, I love Oh, no. I love
0: that. that yeah, that <laughs> the typically freaks people. Showed up,
1: you know? So uh, it's really the part that we love the most, though, right? Because we really get to deal with a whole valued human being. And that really is who you want.
0: You, you want. you had alluded to that earlier. If you are somebody who has all the answers and has it all figured out and isn't willing to learn and grow, you're not likely a great candidate for a Vistage group. So I love the joke. And at the same time, you really are looking for the human. Yeah. That's where the most growth can take place. Yeah. Well,
2: and I think just to further emphasize what Donna was talking about, when you meet people and they introduce themselves as CEO, that's the identity, that they, that's the identity they've chosen at that moment. And as Donna pointed out, we're all human beings. Is really that is that what you are to your to your kids? Well, you're not. You're a husband, Mm -hmm. right? You could be a wife, you could be a brother, a sister, a son, a daughter. You're so many different things to so many different, but you when you choose to say CEO is who I am, well, what are you leaving behind? Mm. What are you missing? So we're looking for those people that realize that a CEO is their job. Who they want to be is that human being, that person. Who's a friend, who's a colleague, who is a, a husband, a wife, a son, a daughter, a father, a mother, because those are the things, when you think about it, when you leave 20 years of an opportunity, I had, a, I had a company for 15 years. I, I founded it, started it, and we did probably $250 million in the time of, of retail sales in the time I was there, which was great, it was a small company. They wouldn't know who I was today. Mm. Nobody in that company. How many games did I miss? Recitals did I miss? How many things did I choose over my family to make sure that company who doesn't even know who I am today because I sold it, it's gone. The struggles I went through with that company, nobody knows it. Yeah. But I decided at that point to be my identity was to be a founder and a CEO. My identity today is none of those things. My, my only joy in life is connecting with people. That's it. Unconditional connection in love and kindness. Mm.
1: The, the concept around non judgmental is very important in the group because you have to let all of those baggage kinds of things and the generalizations that you bring in, because you can't accept somebody as a whole human being if you're sitting there having a judgmental conversation in the back of your head. And to me, that, was a, that is, and also personally, a very pivotal point. Because I find myself having to say, wait a second, you don't know anything about that person. You don't know why they're late. You don't know what happened at home. You don't know why they walked in this way. You don't know why any of that. Until you understand curiosity, until we move into vulnerability and curiosity, judgmental natural habits. Our brain naturally does that. And the beauty of what goes on in, in Vistage and in the work that we do together is you have to understand when the judge is screaming at you. And it, I mean, we've got five generations, we've got people generalizing, oh, what lazy millennials. And I'm like, uh, my kids aren't lazy. You're They're right. working like really hard. So I love that concept because we have to pull the layers back we have to find somebody who's willing. We have to teach them how to be vulnerable, how to feel what vulnerability is, how to ask questions of mm-hmm. themselves and people around them to get to authenticity and vulnerability. So, even the t- tough nuts, and we, I know I've got a few tough nuts, and I just said, you know what, maybe it doesn't look on the surface as a perfect fit but there was something about what was going on a pain point a challenge i'm alone like i don't care how tough you come across when you could say the words i'm alone mm. you've got to see those signals and i think that's part of the work that we that we do is not to discount but try to figure out how do we bring those folks in that we think really do have a shot at making a change. Mm-hmm.
2: You know, uh, and Donna, you said that beautifully. One of the, just to, just to reemphasize that, I think as CEOs, we're so used to changing things on the outside, right? That we don't spend enough time trying to change things on the inside. Like my friend who was worried about his weight on the bathroom. Like, I don't, I don't need, that didn't even, I didn't even understand that comment. I'm like, you have everything you've ever <laughs> wanted. Notoriety, money, fame. Yet we're going to have a 20-minute conversation over a 20-minute wait on the – right? But that's what we do. As CEOs, we look to find the problems on the outside when we can always kind of look inside and fix those. And if to Donna's point, you can say, I'm alone. I'm vulnerable. I'm worried. I'm scared. And the only way I know or I've been trained is to bark on the outside world, right? Well, we reverse that. You bark on the inside world and you make changes and everything on the outside changes. If you're not willing to make that work on the inside and do that work, become that conscious leader, well, you're going to become that barking leader And, and not even aware of it. You start barking and you're not even aware that you're barking.
0: Yeah. I'd love to use that as a way to kind of go to the next area of our conversation today that I really think is valuable. When you hold clients, these Vistage folks, accountable to those internal changes, right? They're holding themselves accountable, but you're there to partner Mm -hmm. with them and mentor with them as a collective, right? It's not just Don and not just Jerry. It's the whole group lifting everybody up. Talk to me a little bit about the impact that it has on the ripple effect that it has. What are you hearing and what are you seeing? Because certainly for a CEO or a business leader who wants to come and, and has the willingness to come and kind of give this a try... I know that they're likely looking at it through the lens of those external benchmarks and some of those milestones. So what do you hear from your clients and your Vistage members that they're seeing is happening outside of when they begin to make a shift? What's happening out here?
1: It's, it's a shift that moves. It's an energy source. that The shift, you move, someone else moves, right? It's the old idea of who puts their hand out first Uh, We just had a session the other day with a brilliant woman, and I was amazed because I didn't know this much about your own energy source that actually comes from your heart. It emanates 10 feet from yourself. So you are a transmission and a receiver, right, of both all this energy, and I never really thought of that in that term. So we hold each other accountable. We put a mirror up and we say, who are you? right now and who do you want to be and if they're if they're aligned if there's congruency wow i mean we just had like a wonderful experience but if they're out of congruency it's the opportunity for people to say this is what i'm perceiving this is what i'm seeing this is what i'm hearing and you you can't do that to yourself you're just you don't have that mechanism necessarily now when you get super in touch and you know you're in a higher state of mind you can see that in yourself but most of us are just hard working folks that are just really trying to have the best life we can so it's beneficial to have that third party view mm-hmm. and I think that's um there's so much value in somebody in a loving way say do you know how that just made me feel lousy Oh no, I didn't I, I didn't mean to do that. I just always speak like that. Well, if you're always speaking like that, you're talking with your team and they hear that, what are they receiving? So it becomes a question. It's more of a curiosity about go back and think through that and maybe ask them, right? Because we we're presenting in not go do terms, but what if? How do you? How do I? It's more questioning. So it becomes more introspective. Instead of in a consulting fashion, it's more, you know, that doesn't work. You need to go, go do that. Mm-hmm. So there's a nuance there, but it's a, it's a great nuance.
2: I love that. You're right. We're not really consultants. And yeah. I love that because we're not here to give recommendations, right? We're here to let that, um, that member come to their own conclusion what needs to happen through talking it out through a, a it is very much as donna said it's a ripple effect all you need is that first person to open up right it's no different than when when napoleon hill talks about the mastermind right how to think and grow rich where you put two people in a room you put three people in a room you put four that mass consciousness begins to evolve based upon the energy in the room You walk into a room and you don't like somebody. There's a bad energy. That conversation is boring. You walk into a room and you immediately connect with somebody. That conversation goes in amazing places. Vistage creates an environment where that conversation goes to amazing places. I will tell you that any meeting I've ever been to, and I've been to a lot of meetings, I would say the best way to describe them is unimaginable. Mm. You could not predict the way you feel coming out of a meeting, the discussions within the meeting, the solutions. That you come up with. I had a friend and mentor who said to me, You know, creation's done. You don't really ever have a thought or an idea. And I was like, What? You attract it based upon your vibration, based upon your perspective on, on life. You are attracting thoughts and ideas all day long. It's like the musician who said, That's a beautiful song. How did you write that? And he said, I just came to me.
0: Or I didn't. Or, I, or I, <laughs> yeah. even, even better, I <laughs> right. didn't.
2: But that's the way business is. That's what Vistage does. You get into that room where you start to vibe and have this energy and it's an exchange and different thoughts, different ideas, because you've just raised your energy. You've become vulnerable. You've become more of a human being, as Donna said. Mm -hmm. You're less of that that very constricted CEO, that robotic CEO that needs to perform, deliver numbers, be that representative. And you're that human now. And everything sort of changes. And that ripple effect throughout the room, it lasts till the next meeting which is fan that momentum and if you can encourage it and talk to your wife or your husband or your kids or your parents about it it just grows and the momentum starts to <laughs> take hold and things change in yeah. your reality things start to change or you could stay small stay yourself be a know-it-all and the only thing you're ever experiencing is what you think you know
1: yeah we get a lot of great feedback from Coworkers, I mean, phone calls from spouses. Saying, what, what happened? Whatever, whatever you're doing, <laughs> <Keep> doing <it. laughs> you need to keep doing that because it is. It's it's it becomes all encompassing, you know. It's um, what I like about it is it's not woo woo, right? So some people get a little nervous and they're like, "Wow, you're starting to talk about energies and this and that." No, that's one concept. What we really try to do is deal with relevant issues that are right now today on your mind. And so we go through a process in almost every meeting called issue processing. And we have a process. It's a, you know, disciplined approach. So everybody gets their idea, their solution, their concept out there. And meanwhile, you're the person in the issue processing chair and you're hearing ideas that there was no way you could have come up with them, right? Because you have different experiences, you'd have different knowledge, you've got different backgrounds. It's not what we can't all produce that same thought. We can build on it, we can align to it, we could say, tell me more about that. And it's those perspectives that start to give people new insight. And that's what they walk out of every meeting. Did you get one thing today that was new or you could go and use right away tomorrow? Yeah, tangible. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's not, I mean, you do have this long lasting sort of learning that takes place over time and we can build on that. But there are some immediate ahas that people just say, oh, my God, I'm going to go do that tomorrow. And even if
0: if it's not um, my issue and challenge, I'm listening and I'm participating and, and offering suggestions or maybe even just listening if I don't have an answer, and then I'm solving my That's own right. problems as well. That's
2: right. You, you, a lot of us go will go into a situation, so well, let's just say you have a million dollars in the bank, you have $5 in the bank. You're going into the situation with that perspective. So I like to say it's it's basically – you're, you think you're barefoot and there are three paths in front of you. One is paved, one is full of glass, and one is full of hot, hot coals. If your perspective is I'm barefoot, you're only going down one path. We make sure we put shoes on you mm-hmm. and all of those perspectives open up. Everything becomes an option. The traditional way people look at networking is I'm going to get people within my industry. We're going to talk. We get to know each other. The way I like to believe networking is today mm-hmm. is everybody in my network, how can I serve them? What can I do for them? I'm no longer asking my network, what can they do for me? I'm asking my, what can I do for you? And I think that's the way Vistage looks at their members. What can I do for you today? Mm -hmm. And that's an amazing way to go into a meeting.
1: Yeah, that's really a great point because when we go through the process of discovery with a potential candidate, it's a mutual discovery process. It's not a decision. So when people go, well, I don't think I could do this right now. Well, I don't think you're ready to do this right now. So let's go through a discovery process and see if we can create the kind of value and alignment that's needed so that not only do you give to the group, but you also have a something that you will get back. So that's a very important aspect of what takes place. Mm-hmm. Very, very rarely is this a, hey, you want to come and join this group? Oh, yeah, cool. That'll be good. It, it's it doesn't as we know it doesn't go that way, yeah. right? So we do go through that that process, and it does get us to a much better solution that's got mutual benefits.
2: Mm-hmm. So. And I think for even for Vistage, the way I've looked at it over the last six months is there's there are criteria, right? So you can't just join Vistage, as Donna um, pointed out. You have to be invited, and you have to have certain business criteria.s And what I've found is just with all the people I'm meeting, they may not meet the business criteria Vistage has, but I'm still representing Vistage. I'm still representing the CEO coaching perspective. I'm still meeting with them. I'm still having conversations because I've bought into the idea that my network is how do I serve them? And you feel great. Before I got here, I was having coffee with somebody whose business doesn't meet Vistage's criteria, but I had an incredible time with this individual. We connected He was telling me about his business and what he's looking to do. And then we walked away saying, hey, let's do this again next month. Let's continue to have these conversations. And I think Arizona has the greatest, the greatest business center on the planet. There are so many incredible businesses here and that everybody's looking for a connection. But we all feel that there's sometimes there's a pull. But when all you're doing is giving, that connection opens up. And this whole business area within Arizona, which is, I believe, a billion times better than what I experienced in New York. And, mm-hmm. and I may be understating it with a billion, but it is an incredible, and I just want to be able to give back that conversation to somebody. They want to feel heard.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's, it's very reciprocal. I, yes. I, I've owned the studio for six years now, and I remember the first handful of podcasts that either I was hosting or our clients were, were hosting and we were uh, producing for them. The first handful of maybe the first year and a half, folks were had kind of a question mark around the business community, around the Arizona business community. Like, what do we stand for? What is our name? Who are we? And... What are we good at? Yeah. What, yeah. What, what do we want the rest of the world to know about us? And we've been defining that, some people very intentionally and purposely and driving that conversation and others just kind of popping in and out. And what I hear consistently, Jerry, is what you've just shared, that we are collaborative. Mm-hmm. We are still a Wild West And with that comes innovation and interest and willingness and all the things that you've described within your Vistage groups. That's really, I think, who we are collectively. We are a state and a greater Phoenix area of business leaders who want to see everybody succeed and everybody win. And it's not, you know, competition's necessary and it's good. It's also how can we align? How can we run alongside each other? How can we support each other? And we don't have to keep everything too close to the chest because we know that when we vibrate at a higher level and we're willing to say, I'm vulnerable and I'm willing, then more people are willing to do the same and help each other. And
1: the attraction strategy here is around starting to build around diversity. So there's more diverse companies. There's more diverse people. Right? Yep. The ages, it's not just the place where old people go anymore, right? So that brings lots of opportunity, but the challenge it brings to leadership is very strong. That diversity means you have to have the skills, the knowledge, and the talent to be able to understand that person. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, I would almost even, and Don and I have talked about this offline so many different times, mm-hmm. it's that cross generational workforce. Right, You you have to be a leader for baby boomers, for Gen X, for millennials, for Gen Z, for the iPhone generation, and you have to know how to communicate. So the leader that my parents grew up being isn't the leader that's going to be successful today no. because our workforces truly are the most diverse workforces in the history of our world, which is amazing because with that, you get new ideas, you get different ideas. But if you're not encouraging that, if you're trying to manage it the old way, this new uh, generation, which is multi generational. I mean, we, we keep separating baby boomers from X from millennials. I'm like, we're all, I don't understand that. We're all one. We're all in the same room together. We're all working together. Why, why are we separating everybody? Right. But we do that. And once we learn how to treat everybody as one, but we have to understand what everybody needs, we just become better leaders. Our companies get better. Everything gets better.
0: Mm-hmm. And having yeah. to be willing to say, I don't know. <laughs> I I don't know how to show up and have a conversation with somebody who's dealing with XYZ. Or I don't know what this is. And be willing to say that in a private conversation that is built around mentorship and folks who may have the answer for you. <laughs> and acknowledge you for your willingness to say, Ugh, I know a lot
1: of things, but I don't know this. And for us too, right? Because we have... Um thousands of the top guru thinkers, presenters, economists. I mean, we've got our hands on every, I mean, really, every important book that's been written, new thought, person. So it's not just who are these people, it's who are these people and what do they need to learn? And then we bring these incredible presenters around them that I mean, we are astonished every time ourselves. We could see the same presenter day after day, because oftentimes they'll stay for two days, and they are flexing their discussion to that group. Mm -hmm. And the nuggets emerge that are different because these folks are attuned to the art and science of being able to deliver knowledge to a very unique group. What a what a gift. Imagine how you could grow your company if you're that in tune with your leadership team, your culture, your second line management, and the guys that are in the field. Hmm. It's enormous. And we get the opportunity to bring speakers and knowledge and training and then accountability around how we're going to use that information to make yourself and your organization better. That's when the rubber hits the road. And it's just You know, when you see a a stubborn one take on a new idea and evangelize that idea in the organization, there is no other greater sense of satisfaction than that one. Great place to pause and celebrate our conversation
0: today. We are just about out of time. Thank you both for sharing not only your experiences, but the stories that you have around the way in which you show up in business, your backgrounds, and the way in which you're leading right now. For our listeners who would like to stay in touch with you, if you could just share, you know, how to the best way to stay in touch, I'm assuming you're both on LinkedIn. Yes. Is that a good spot to start yeah. for people? Yeah. And then your websites as well. Yeah. Where what is your website, Jerry?
2: Sure. It's CEO Prospective Coaching.com. So uh, and then LinkedIn, Jerry Mastellon.
0: Great. And uh, your vistage group will be in Phoenix. And are you do you already have members and you're full? Or are you looking to if somebody's interested in wanting to learn more to see if they're in alignment with that group, how does that happen?
2: Thank you. Um, I'm actually launching my group. I'm looking for some additional members. I'm interviewing some uh, in the month of August. Good. And the uh, group will be launching in September. So if, if anybody's interested in learning more about the group and joining Vistage, I would love to, uh, to talk to you. And you can find me on LinkedIn pretty easily. I, I check that on a regular basis.
0: So good. Great to meet you, Jerry. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you. Donna, how about for you? How do folks stay in touch on your website as well? So
1: LinkedIn for sure. I'm also about Donna.me. And that's my little website. And it kind of gives you the background and some of the skills and some of my expertise. We all do have unique expertise, which is why we're able to be so collaborative. Yeah, I'm totally excited to either have members for Vistage or even people who might not be ready to go into the big group thing, but really want to have a better understanding of what does the coach dynamic look like. So great.
0: Ah, Love this. Thank you again, both for sharing your wisdom and your time with us today. You've been listening to Phoenix Business Radio, broadcasting live from the Max 6 Entrepreneurial Center. Some media leans left, some lean right, and we lean business. Until next time, I'm Karen Nowicki. Thanks for listening.